0: Well, thank you everyone for joining us this evening.
1: Um, We are extremely excited to be able to talk about how African art galleries are envisioning the post-COVID-19 art world. I don't know if some some of you guys in the audience have seen the last art newspaper and the the big title uh, that was on there where they said that 70% uh, galleries face a 70% income crash. Uh, with the COVID and the coronavirus. They obviously had amazing, amazing um, data, but they didn't include Africa. So we're excited to be able to specifically talk about African art galleries um, envisioning the post COVID-19 art world. Uh, To do that, I'm happy to welcome um, good uh, partners and friends uh, now of 154. So I will start with Cecile Fakouri, which I think we got involved with uh, first. Uh, Papakoury has a gallery called Galerie Papouri in Abidjan uh, that she opened in 2019. Um, And we had the chance to have her in our inaugural year in 2013 of 154. And since then, I think it's seven edition in London, five in New York, three in Marrakech. So, um, and she did an amazing journey too, where she was able to open a new space in Dakar in 2018 and uh, uh, a showroom in Paris. I'm not really sure if it's 18 or 19, but... Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, Yes, and now you have this project space as well that you uh, are... Um, uh, sorry, my, my computer is uh, burning down now. It tells me so. I hope it's not gonna crush, <laughs> not not gonna crash down. Um, and uh, so it's it's exciting to have you here to discuss. Uh, you know how uh, you're envisioning uh, the the post-lockdown. Uh, we have uh, Raqqeb and Masai that are on the call. Uh, I have the surprise guest of having both of them tonight, which is amazing. Uh, same thing. You have opened your gallery in. 2016 in Addis uh, Addis, and you have worked with our third uh, speaker as well in co-sharing the space in London with Ayo and Tafta as well so you've been in between Addis and have some presence in London I don't know if it's still up to date but you were also supposed to open and expand the space with the Chromal Space in May. I don't know if this is still uh, uh, in the news or not, but this is where we left you guys before the corona uh, virus. Uh, So it's nice to to have you also to give us uh, also your feeling about how this uh, post-lockdown is going to happen for all of us. And finally, we have Ayo with Tafta that I've met probably even before all of you guys because he's based in London. So as much as he started the fair in 2016 as well with New York, I think we bumped into each other quite a lot between 2011 and 2016 in different events that uh, we were all both going to quite often. So, I think you know we all know that it's been a terrible crisis, and we uh, seen the number in the art newspaper uh, today uh, i mean some are devastating number where they said i think thirty five four percent of the galleries might not survive this uh, this crisis, but I really wanted us to maybe focus and talk about you know. As we are all coming up coming out of the lockdown uh, hopefully soon, uh, what are we you know planning and what are we doing and uh, I think that will be more interesting in terms of uh, talking about the, the near future rather than what uh, you know has happened However I think my first question and I will go maybe with um, with Ayu uh, with on this one is I know that we've done a lot of uh, different strategies and crazy uh, online you know, viewing since uh, since uh, we obviously been in crisis. Mm-hmm. But I wanted you to tell us a bit about what you came up with, you know, during uh, the COVID, you know, as your strategy, the six, uh, is it called six for six or six by six? Mm-hmm. Six, for mm-hmm. Six, mm-hmm. That we're able, six for six, yes. That we're able to read in the financial times uh, uh, while I was uh, locked down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so can you tell us how it came about? And, you know, if it's something or a model that you can, you, you, you're thinking of continuing, you know, in the, in the near future.
2: Thanks, Tyrion. Again, very good to see all of you, especially safe and healthy. Um, yes, of course, it's something we came about during the crisis, but it's something we've always thought about, or we've probably done in prior states anyway, because in many situations, I've, you know, left walks with collectors that I know very well and said, you know, just think about it, let me know, and um, we'll talk about things, you know, down the line. So during these times, I think I just got tired. And um, my gallery manager and I, Elodie, we got tired of sending those emails that go, oh, um, we hope you're safe and well during
0: these stressful times or these unprecedented times. Slightly a back step
2: and um, said, okay, how do we keep engage how do we stay engaged how do we keep our artists in production how do we stay close to the collectors um why don't you try six for six we send you the piece you live it with it for six weeks you know enjoy the piece you know no obligations to buy whatsoever and if you do decide to buy because we know these are going to be difficult times going forward as well there's a payment plan across six months for you to actually you know um, pay for the piece so we ca- we started that um just before the first of may And it's been very well received. Obviously, like you said, we've got good press on the back of that. Um, But we've since sent out about 10 to 12 pieces. And as long as the conversion rate is healthy, you know, it will make up for some of the devastating um, sales drop we had in April.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're talking about the UK, you know, having a 70, 70, I think 70% uh, drop in terms of uh, commercial activities you know for the mm. in the uk so i can imagine you know we're going through a tough time and that might be a solution that you might use uh, you know in the in, in post lockdown as well you know in terms of getting people more uh, probably motivated to buy and try the piece and uh, and maybe it's uh, something it's been called a
2: try it before you buy scheme which is probably the best way to describe it and definitely we keep to keep that going forward um yep. it, it's worked well for bringing just the, you know, the people that were just on the cost of buying, he helps to push them over the edge. Yes. It's very good for the younger collectors as well, because they like the payment plan it. So, you know, it's not new. I'm not claiming I mean, to be some kind of super mm-hmm. genius in this. It's just a rebranded Try Before You Buy scheme that goes as far back as maybe Duveen in the, you know, post-war period. But, you know, it works for this period and we're making it work.
1: Okay, fantastic. And uh, Raquel and Masai, I know that like you had two fairs that were canceled. You know, since we started, and you're probably the first one who really had to try this online uh, viewing room with freeze. First of all, congratulations to have been accepted to to freeze. But um, you had more experience than all of us with this online preview. We had to do one with uh, with the the, the the fair in May. But I wanted to understand from you if you already had you know some understanding of those online sales and you know what has worked you know if the online is a strategy that you see continuing in the future you know with fair as a complement, but even maybe by yourselves as well you know developing maybe an online uh, viewing room for your website you know yeah go ahead um so thank
3: you turia for inviting us onto this call um so i think first of all we um we've always had a online strategy because it being a gallery that opened in a very obscure place like Addis. We've always had a strong online presence with, um, with our website, on uh, Instagram. I mean, I think we opened our Instagram account before even the gallery was open. So an online strategy has always been really important to us. And actually, luckily, um, in September, we actually upgraded everything. We upgraded our website, we got our online viewing room in September. So in a way, we were ready for this, even though we weren't preparing for uh, the situation. Um, We still had a really strong um, crutch on online to kind of reach as many people as possible. Maybe not for sales per se, like it it now is, but certainly for promotion and for for reach, uh, we've always um, looked at our online strategy to give us that. Um, And you're right, I think doing freeze um for the for the first time, kind of on their online viewing room. Sorry, just got some issues here. My- yeah,
1: we hear you?
3: We hear you. So doing freeze was like a really good uh, exercise for us because it really helped us kind of cut our teeth in terms of all of the tools that we needed to actually convert sales. Um, you know, so we need all of all of the kind of the videos we had to do the. The little clips of the artist talking about his work, uh, the digital viewing—you uh, know—the uh, the viewing pictures that we had to make. So for for us, it was um, a good test of our of our platform, um, and I think this is something that will just continue. I think every fair will have this as a compliment. Now, all of these tools that are being developed. I think different tools are being developed at the moment, but potentially, uh, you know, in the future, one might be better than the other and everybody will adopt it and it will just be something that um, we all have to do, similar to what, you know, Artsy has always been part and parcel of, uh, of, the, of the offering. So, yeah, we've, we've kind of embraced it. Um, we're going for it. Um, and we're just learning better ways of converting sales and just on the
0: digital and that's really the challenge because you know selling artwork work online is, I'm sure everybody here knows it's it's not easy it's mm-hmm. uh, you know there has to be some you know experience for the buyer by being there looking at the artwork there's a, an emotional connection and you know seeing it online does not always translate well but you know this is where we are today and uh i i think we we have to embrace it and mm. and keep keep working at it but you
1: uh, you're touching i mean and this is something i'm very interesting about about is like do you think that this online is touching a new audience of collector younger collector group for for example or do you think because uh, often contemporary art from the continent is considered more accessible is it like Something that you feel is an advantage in an online, you know, situation where uh, maybe the artist is less known, but because it's more accessible and the prices are more uh, uh, more competitive, then people are more willing to actually acquire the pieces online than they would be for a piece that is more expensive.
3: I think it works two ways. I think yes, there is an a reach scenario. So, like for for our freeze booth, for example, the digital booth. I think we had a lot more diverse conversations and in-depth conversations about the artwork compared to when we were, say, at Armory in the booth because it's so frantic. However, um, people had never seen this art before. So a lot of the people that were really interested in it were hesitant, even though it was kind of a lower price point compared to the, you know, Blue Chips. I think the Blue Chips did incredibly well on the Freeze platform. I think first day, $5 dollars were sold on the first day so still they dominate but I think it's because people will buy what they've already seen or what they know um, so for for us younger galleries and and uh, for artists that are less known I think um, that kind of impulsive uh, buying uh, atmosphere when you're at a fair and somebody walks into the booth and just falls in love I think that is that was what was missing however we've had we've had really good conversations that may lead to to a more in-depth um, knowledge by the collector about that particular artist and maybe in the future that might lead to uh, kind of an, a, a, a buyer or a collector that would be really interested or buy, buy deeper into the in, you know by into the, the artist's uh, career but it, I think it's both ways it's not I don't think it's clear-cut I think it's still I think it's still being tested I think it um, yeah
1: yeah so, Cecile, you, I mean, I know we had a chat, you know, not long before the, the this session um, and you mentioned to, to, you reminded me of a, a fact that, you know, I kind of forgot, but like uh, having this chat with you kind of, uh, uh, you told me something very interesting that uh, that as a gallery based on the continent, you already have this, uh, this tendency to sell a lot on PDF and using, you know, emails rather than, you know, having people coming to the, the spaces, some of your collectors now, or people that you are in contact with by email, you usually send their PDF. Do you think that this is something that you're so accelerating in this two months, and that might be more you know, the way of selling of tomorrow. And I know we've talked about, you know, uh, your feeling about art fairs now and how, you know, you want to nurture, you know, more new artists. And uh, so what is your your strategy? I mean, in the next coming uh, month, are you more going online? Are you continuing doing what you're doing with the PDF? Actually, um, as Rakev, it's
4: uh, all that new method that, um that we use now like during the covid it, it was already in our mind and already in the pipeline before the covid you know like maybe maybe this crisis like speed up a little bit the process we work a lot on digital uh, like all kind of tools during these two last months but it's something like of course we are far like a lot of our collector will not be able to come to see our gallery so something like virtual tour is very like important for us to 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 be able to to show what we are going what, what we are doing here. But buying selling with digital tool tools is great. But um, and 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 this crisis make it very clear like we have to improve that. This this is our idea. But now it's more than clear we we we're gonna work this area. You know, mm. but after I really see the digital version of the gallery, like an extension of what we are doing physically. I want to be very demanding with the digital subject, you know, like, uh, and, and the co- make realize that it's a lot of work, you know, like to creating like digital material to be able to communicate uh, digit- digitally regularly with a relevant com- uh, content, it's a lot of work. Mm. so today we we're able to do it because we have time the the maybe when uh, it's everything's gonna be um, mm-hmm. come back in track, we will see how we we, we can arrange uh, arrange time but it's a great it's a great thing it's like a all <laughs> a new feel, you know yeah. but of course, of course, you know me Toya yeah, and i'm gonna do digital because it was my my idea like when i, I developed two years ago the gallery with Dakar, with the, bigger team I put money in digital in communication it was like uh, very clear but of course uh, I'm gonna keep it with my spaces and my gallery because I think I really see digital with like a, like an extension of what we are doing physically. Yeah.
1: and like do you have different strategy because obviously you have a presence in Europe and two spaces in Africa like do you see your strategy being different from one, uh, one, uh, one continent to the other, or you think you you might uh, do the same thing in all your spaces and the, the way you, you develop? Actually, since the beginning, it's
4: not the same kind of spaces because in, in, Paris, uh, in Paris, I don't have a gallery. I have offices and show, I'm not doing exhibitions. So it's not the same kind of work. And I really want to make the difference because a website is not a gallery, and an offices and a showroom is not a gallery. So I, 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 it's not the same strategy. Like Paris existing because Dakar and Abidjan uh, are, are okay. existing. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting. And Raquel, like, just to come back to you guys with Addis, like, uh, and your presence in London, are you thinking strategy differently on how you do things in Addis and how you will, you know? continue doing things maybe with your presence
3: in the in the uk um i mean the cromwell place um uh, space will you know we will have our uh, full exhibition program in that space and the idea was you know since collaborating with io you know io space was really more of a test space for us you know it was a project space it was somewhere where people uh, that couldn't come to Addis could come and just say hello and and see a couple of things so similar to what cecile was just saying about um uh, a showroom uh but but now we just want to expand our exhibition program like in earnest in in London and in Cromwell Place whenever um you know we're able to open um, but I think in terms of the brand and in terms of kind of the digital tools that we're going to use and how each exhibition is going to be executed I think it's going to be exactly the same for, yes. for both of our spaces because I think that um As Cecile said that digital is an extension of of our gallery program and you know London is also an extension of kind of the core um, uh, program that we have in Addis. So it's, we see it as more holistic, it's it's all um, kind of complementary to each other.
1: Yeah, so I, I'm going to come to you with this first question, and I want to hear the opinion of everyone on this one. But because when I invited you to the call, you know, you you texted me and said, you know, can we, we be honest? I might not do fair this year? You know, and do you still want me on the panel, etc. <laughs> Actually, I wanted you even more because I wanted to understand, you know, what are your plans for 2021? And obviously, if you're not doing art fairs, you know, uh, what are you going to do? Obviously, there's going to be this online uh, completion, but I'm I was very keen on hearing, you know, how do you think, you know, this will impact your participation on art fairs in general, obviously, but um, what would you do in exchange of art fairs maybe, or what can you do, you know, uh, obviously if art fairs are allowed because this is the big mystery of 2020, mm, mm. Yes.
2: <laughs> I guess the answer to the question you asked was specifically or what the statements I made was specifically for this year, 2020. Mm. And that, that's just because of the general uncertainty. I mean, none of us know what's gonna happen. It's very hard to plan forward in any scenario whatsoever. This is my first pandemic. So I actually have no data around, you know, what's happened before and what's gonna happen going forward. Um, so yeah, 2020 might be on hold. But yes, we do plan to have an active fair um, program in 2021.
0: Mm.
2: But even saying that, um, I think even before COVID, there was a lot of discussions around how many fairs is sustainable how much traveling I was doing as a small gallery. As a small gallerist, you have to be at your fairs, mm-hmm. right? Because you're the one that is, the sales fall on you. Mm-hmm. So I was doing way too much traveling to sustain personally anyway. So there was going to be a reduction in the number of fairs. So going forward, it just has to be more strategic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we plan to in select fairs. We want to have a touch point on every continent.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's an active um, collective base. So we'll do a fair in the States, we'll do one in Europe, of course. We'll London is home, so that's probably stays the same, but we want to do something in Asia as well. So that's at least four, mm. right? I um, apologize to, you know, I might not be able to do anything in Latin America, or Australia, but, you know, <laughs> maybe yet, there's no audience <laughs> there. You know.
1: um, and
2: Africa, of course. Yeah. I will still do a fair. Yeah.
1: it was in interesting time. on the last talk, last session, because, I mean, obviously we all don't know, but there might be a, a, a possibility of doing mm. fairs that are more local, based you know like so for example you know gathering all the galleries in London having a presence in London and developing Mm. that locality you know or um, for you know Lagos you know for them to be more you know concentrated during this 2020 on the Nigerian Mm. you know galleries because they'll be allowed to be there and physically you know maybe nurture more the local collector base you know in some of the cases where you where you can you know Um, I mean I feel it's difficult when you have a galleries, you know, in Africa, and you know that a large percentage is actually being sold outside Africa, uh, to think of local markets. But maybe it's time to, you know, we all say that we need a stronger collector base on the continent.
2: Can I can I speak to that? Because for me, it's kind of a unique situation. Yes, you're right. Six for six is a UK only initiative, so that's more targeted towards a UK audience. But I've run my gallery in central London for about going on seven, eight years now. Mm-hmm. And a, my, a significant, significant collector base for me is in Africa. In fact, mm-hmm. nearly 60% of my collectors are in the continent of Africa, mm-hmm. so, right? Even why, even I could desperately try and super enhance my local collector base, but I need those guys. So the, it's not just a fair program, of course, you know, there's mm-hmm. lots of emails, there's lots of PDFs being sent, there are lots of whales that back you, whatever the season. You have to keep engaged. You have to stay close to those people. Mm. And, I, you know, and that goes for a lot of the collectors out in the States as well, or some in mainland Europe. The fairs might not, you might not be to get to them through the fairs, but mm. you still have to find a way to get to them. Yeah. And I think this model works with different galleries. I mean, I can't speak for Raku or Cecile, but for me, I have to be very, very sensitive about I've been to hyper
1: how about you, Cecile? Do you see that uh, there's a way to maybe engage more your local audience with the gallery? You know, while you know this, uh, we're going through this where you might be. I mean, I was talking to a gallery in Paris, for example. She was telling me, you know, we've been, you know, kind of neglecting our French collector base because we've been all over the world with art fairs, you know, and meeting great collectors as well, but not really engaging anymore with you know our first round of collectors were around the galleries who could buy you know, during this time of crisis and who are actually allowed to come to the gallery. Do you think this is something that you can engage more during the next, uh, you know, few weeks? Uh, I mean, until the end of the year, maybe?
4: Yes, I hope. Um, actually, for, for me, you know, like Toya that I was already keen to, to do a little bit less art fair. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's the idea is doing art fair on the continent, because mm-hmm. it's also this, this idea to maybe to 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 bring all the the collector african collector to those art fair you know like uh for me i need to be there i uh, i cannot do this this job here and not being like in this uh, different kind of uh, art fair so yeah it's it's um i hope i hope it's it's um it's going to be at one point um I don't know. Actually, it's hard to it's hard to say. It's hard to <laughs> We project, project, and then we. we. Yeah, sometimes I, Yeah, but uh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and rekeb and the Masai. I heard that you're planning an expansion of the gallery in in Addis. Is that true? Is it something that was planned <laughs> to happen during this period, or <laughs> <don't> when <Well>, <laughs> not during this period? No, but
0: no, but uh,
3: accelerated. <laughs> shall we say? Know.
0: And you know, we have the luxury of time on our side now. You know, to do this. Uh, obviously, you know, we planned on this way back when, um, because you know, we find our, ourselves to be like in a very unique position here in Ethiopia, more or less, you know, we like kind of the first gallery to, to do this. So it's always been, yes, you know, we, we have our space now, but, but we want to add so much to it. Mm. Um, meaning that, you know, just not a gallery space, more of a, um, a cultural space for the city. So it's very ambitious. It's the big plan um, there's any ways of thinking of doing this but the thing is you know I, I just want to add that you know Addis is a bit unique city compared to you know other African cities in terms of you know the kind of collectors that we have uh, we we don't have similar experiences like a lot of the other African countries so the culture of collecting is being you know um, very small here to be honest with you uh, simply because you know the way art was cultivated in the rest of Africa is not its not the same uh, especially contemporary art um, yes we have an amazing past but but to build on it uh, and, and and do what we're doing is extremely challenging because we have a very small collector base in mm-hmm. Addis so you know the challenge becomes okay you know we, we, we have this here in Addis, but you know we luckily have the space in London, mm. which allows us, you know, to do what we do um, here in Addis because it's really important for us to to be here mm. and nurture the community and, and 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 grow it so that you know we become just as you know, Ayo City or, Sicil's you know, um, you know, uh, these these other African cities offer. Quite, quite more than we do. Uh, but you know, that's what we want to change. That's what uh, the aim is in, in expanding the space here. And uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that we, we will be doing here. And uh, we, you know, we want it to be uh, not only just for Ethiopia, but we want it to be uh, a little bit more engaged you know, with our neighbors. So it's ambitious, uh, it's going to take a lot of money. And, um, and it's the best time to do that to be honest with you because we have, we have tons of time to do that. We have tons
1: to do it, um, we've seen a lot of collaborative projects with galleries, you know, in the US, for example, with uh, David Zwiener, you know, a platform project, or uh, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Deitch and Gagosian and the LA, you know, project. Is there mm-hmm. like any project like this that you know you talked about within you galleries from the continent, or uh, that uh, you could think of, you know, during this period, or things that? Uh, you might be willing to do um, to share space or to do things, you know, that could be helpful post-lockdown? Um, post, post uh, lockdown. I mean, I think the, the, the kind of the collaborative
3: spirit has always been there for us because again, you know, Young Gallery from an obscure place, we've always had these collaborative ideas and models. You know, we've, we've collaborated with Io, I see Danda on the call. Um, you know, we've done, collaborative uh, projects with Danda, sharing booths, things like that. So these these are kind of part of how we came up um, to where we are. So we're open, we've been open to every type of collaboration. But um, in terms of an online kind of community, uh something that even Cromwell Place is thinking about, you know, building a, an online presence, that community of of galleries that might be in that space but something pan-african hasn't really been um tabled not that i've heard but if there, you know it's something that would be considered and it's some and 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 this collaborative um approach is something that we've always had with with uh, our our colleagues across the continent and Mm -hmm. and and across europe as well since we're kind of
1: partly based Mm -hmm. in europe I know that during our last chat with Cecile, we talked about, you know, if there was no fair, what uh, what could we do? Um, and uh, one of the, the 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 idea was like, if 154 was not happening physically in London or, you know, anytime soon, um, that we could, as a, as a fair, as a gathering, you know, a group, uh, try to. to to do a parkour you know of the galleries and you know focus on the galleries in this case you know more in london and then you know maybe in paris you know at a, the at a time but like try to 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 push people to the galleries rather than to the fair you know to uh, uh, in exchange of uh, our past relationships you know and the fact that there's not one space to do uh, to do a fair but uh, do you like the idea rather than the you know, to you know, I mean, I was just trying to find uh, solutions, you know, in terms of not having a physical space, one where everybody's here, but maybe organize like we do in Marrakesh because we're able to do it in Marrakesh and uh, to create events a bit everywhere in the city, and uh, and uh, it makes you know people meet. One, but that's also you know one big question mark is how many people can there be in one time, even at a gallery, you know, we're talking 50, 20, 30, you know, but doing some more intimate events, you know, around the city. Right? Yes. Oh,
0: yes. oh, 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 oh,
1: you lost me? I see you so well. So where did you, where did you lose me? Now we saying, you're like, you're sorry, mm-hmm.
2: you're pitching a new 154, please carry on. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Not that, well, it was more collaborative, 154 during a non-154 situation, but trying to get the, the galleries together to actually uh, do a parkour rather than yeah. having you know, them in one space. So obviously it's local based, you know, it can be in London and Paris or places where we have enough galleries to, to actually do it, but it could be an idea. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think
2: it makes sense. It's very similar to the Asian Art Week for example, that happens fairly regularly in London. Yeah. So you know, as long as we have an umbrella body that could coordinate it. Obviously, this is also subject to all sorts of regulations around how many people can actually be in the yeah. exactly. physical space at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah,
2: if you're driving, we know we will be well executed. Let us know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So
1: Cécile, I have a question for you because I know that we're talking, you know, maybe not having a fair, galleries being in trouble, but like one of the roles of the galleries is actually nurturing, you know, young talent and obviously you've opened the space, the project space that you have and what, you know, what are your plans for this, you know, post lockdown, you know, what is going to be the role of this new space? um actually this space like i
4: integrated this space like 2 days before the lockdown <laughs> so it was a shame but um the space is here it's uh, dedicated to the very young creation it's um it's right in front of the main gallery but it's uh, it's going to be like very young with for very young uh, young artists actually when i opened my gallery in 2002 i shown very young artists and then we all grew up together and um like it's been like two, three years that um, like things going and my economic model is very demanding and I'm not able to to show like to dedicate like one, one month, two months to a very young artist who were, were with a very low cost. So it's been like a while that I, I, I hoping to, to open this kind of project space actually, like to be really able to promote to promote a very young generation of artists and giving them the opportunity to exhibit, like because it's one of our main issues here it's uh the lack of uh, exhibition space mm. so this is the main goal, you know like. Walls uh, and and where where we can show exhibition like of uh, of young artists, and I'm sure that it's gonna be it, it's very new. It's just it's open two days and 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 shut down. So, but I'm I'm, I'm sure it's gonna be a wonderful tours for for promotion uh, of of young artists.
1: Yeah. Um, so maybe this is more for uh, Addis Fine Art uh, and rekab and Masai, like, because with this online model, we experienced it at 154, but I wanted to know if this is something that you've, you've, you experience as well, is that more things are online, more we have collectors able to reach out to artists as well. And uh, we had an experience where, you know, we had a collector, an art advisor uh, going straight to the artist themselves, you know, and proposing in a way to play a bit the role of the gallery, taking 50%, you know, or 40%, and basically uh, skipping this whole, uh, you know, gallery artist, you know, relationship. Uh, do, you, do you, have you experienced any of that with the more expo- exposure online? And do you think it's a model that uh, might make you rethink also the model of the gallery? I think um we've been quite lucky, lucky with our artists because i think
3: um you know the way that we've kind of set up the gallery was to do something more than just promote the artist it's really about a collective artistry that needs to kind of come up together um so a lot of the artists that we have signed and are, are working regularly with are extremely um loyal and it's something it's kind of like a, a partnership that has grown up together similar to what Cecile is saying and we hope that we that will continue. Um, but I think with the online thing there is, there we have to be careful because art has always been sold online. You know, there's like art supermarkets um, that uh, for really, really kind of low end art. And I, I think that for this, uh, for, for what we're trying to do we need to m- be very mindful at that. We don't get to a space where it it kind of we're kind of joining that that type of arts. we still need to kind of create more than just an, an ability for art for for um buyers to just see arts on their platform but we also had Um, you know, a a booklet, a digital booklet. We had little videos of every single piece of artwork. We had a a description of the art by the artist. So like, there were so many different ways that um, we were communicating with our audience. So I think that um, there has to be kind of a value-added scenario, even if we're online. It has, it can't just be, okay, this, you know, here is the art and there's like some it's like a shopping cart, it can't be that way because there, there are there, there is like a section of art that is sold that way. And it's, it's not, um, it, it, we have to differentiate ourselves from that.
1: Yeah, no, but also it's some artists have organized and I think maybe it's due to the crisis, you know, some yeah. tells themselves directly online or things like that. So, I mean, it's not always, you know, also an art advisor pitching, but we've seen models where they had to also organize themselves online to do yeah, something, you know, so um, uh, but I'm just like thinking of trends that th- can stay, you know, post uh, COVID-19 that uh, might be uh, also a way of rethinking, you know, models. But uh, d- this is also something I mean, I think we need, uh,
3: sorry, I think that the exhibition, I mean, post COVID the exhibition programs will, ju- will come back. I mean, we have to have artists that are gonna still need gallery space similar to what Cecile said, uh, you know, gallery space to show curated shows to kind of build on their um, repertoire as uh, in terms of exhibitions. Um, And so these, that relationship still stands true, whether, you know, artists, you know, the the online tools are are there. I don't think it's going to change necessarily the gallery artist relationship, because I think those both sides are extremely important. Of course, there will be some Artists that will sell direct, they already do. A lot, so a lot of artists sell from studios, uh, from PDFs, and all that. So, that hasn't, I don't think it's going to change that much. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. and I was
2: also going true. to say that, I was also going to mention that artists have always sold directly online. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not represented as an artist and you've got an Instagram account and so on, which is actually from Chicago, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that situation. I mean, I've bought from artists that way before. I think as galleries, you also have to remember that there's not enough representation for mm-hmm. artists, especially on the continent. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. There are just not enough galleries. So we've worked in parallel with this situation and I think it's going to continue after the crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, there are opportunities out there now for people to engage directly. Why wouldn't
0: an artist take that? Yeah. yeah. The only thing that I want to add is, you know, just uh, to refer back to your questions about the uh, i think i sense the concern you know that you had with you know artists maybe working directly with you know with with collectors uh even though they represented you know by by galleries i think like in our case you know the artists that are working with us they've worked with us for uh, yes, for the last five years, but we've known them for a very, very long, long time. time. So, so there's 20 a relationship. So, so, you know, there's, there's, there's the loyalty, but also more importantly, the fact that, you know, we have um, enabled, you know, uh, most of our artists, you know, to, to have done really, really, really well. So, you know, the idea of maybe I can do this on my own, at least when it comes to us, it's, it's 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 going to be a bit difficult to be honest with you.
1: So continuing on that, uh, that train of thoughts, um, did you see any artists being impacted in the way they produce their work with this uh, particular crisis? Are they exploring new media? Or are they doing things differently or to fit more the online, you know, uh, sales, for example? You know, is there something that uh, they do differently or you see them developed in the past two? To, uh, two months. Um, maybe we go back to Cecile or to Ayu uh,
4: on this. Actually, like for, um, for 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 my artist, it's um, it's it's very physical, you know. So this question, it's maybe they, they can think about it, but it's it's too material. It's 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 too physical. So um, so it's not it's not easy to in two months to rethink. Like the way of experiencing, of way of doing, of so no, and and of course we we need to to I was I, I take time to to be sure that all the artists was able to work during this crisis, you know, like they they had materials and everything. Sometimes it was not able to to find the right material. so it 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 become like something else and. Like, it's 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 not that uh it's not obvious for for my artists actually it's it's um yeah it's 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 too too way too linked to materials yeah
2: i yeah. think what i've no, the only thing i've noticed directly is artists being more open to opening up their studios you know, there's actually mm-hmm. lots of videos out there now about artists that we never, I didn't did never thought you could actually get access to their studios, their studios. you know, running a live sh- um, programming of what they're doing at the moment. Yeah. Um, in terms of shifts to things like, because I was a, I wrote a New York Times article about time based media
1: mm.
2: being more sita- suitable to the online space. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could speak for Nigeria. Um, electrical power is a very scarce resource. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's not going to be any shift to time. Internet.
0: <laughs>
2: so, you know, yes. painting was still rain, sculptures are traditionally what they collect. We have, you know, there's not going to be a very dramatic shift. Yeah. Um, maybe after the crisis, things miraculously might be different. different.
1: Okay, so I want to wrap up our question because last time we didn't have enough time to go through the questions of the audience. And we have some very good ones here. So I'm going to, you know, throw them at you guys. And uh, hopefully you, um, you, have, uh, you have answers for this. So we have Joseph. Vaskovits, who has been quite a big supporter of 154, of, uh, art from the continent, from C- who is also, I think, a patron of the Seattle Art Museum. Um, he says, Gary's art fairs and some artists have done extremely well in leveraging the internet to show and even sell artworks. We've spent all the effort on the front end of the process, but very little on the back end, getting the artworks to the clients. Isn't it time the continent looked for a way to make the purchase easy for collector, with either unified shipping, or at least a simple online process for shipping? <laughs> Who yeah, it's to try the this one? pain of our existence.
3: Shipping is the pain of our existence. So I mean, absolutely. But as a small gallery like ours, it's that's just a leap too far. We just do the best we can in terms of shipping. I think that's the only thing I could
1: say about yeah we've seen in the fair at least you know in the past when an art collector you know have uh, sold uh, uh, sorry have bought from a specific gallery um, and that the several things going to him from other galleries galleries collaborating to ship one package to collector but I know when it's coming directly from the continent it gets a bit more challenging just because the the systems and the shipping companies are quite different um so i don't know if we have a good answer for joseph on this one it
2: also depends on which part of the continent is coming from africa is a big place you know let's just but
1: i mean one thing that is good is dhl i mean if it's not
2: DHL works yeah
1: we have some specialists
2: for for your um clients we have some specialists as shippers that work out of the continent on behalf of the auction houses
0: Mm. so the Bonhams,
2: the sotheby's they move things out of there continuously I'm not going to shout out their names now, but those are people that you could actually reach out to for getting things out of the continent. I've used them in the past, and it's worked very well.
1: Yes, but I know that shipping costs, seems, and this is always something that I was always amazed by. A very it's very big, variable. Very no, but also a very big subject on the sell. You know, like you might buy something quite expensive, but the shipping cost has to, you know, not maintain.
4: True. This is the issue because. For my part, for West Africa, we can send it like very properly. It's, it's not really an issue, but it's, it's a cost. Definitely. So when you're selling something like not a search higher price, the, the shipping cost is like incurrent, you know, with the, with the selling price. So this is the issue. This is the cost actually not really the, the technical uh, issue, you know?
3: And I don't. And I think see, it's the same for us as well. It's you know we have one or two options, and I think that's the problem. We don't have enough options from our side. We definitely don't have any uh, people like I was talking about. But it, it can be you know if somebody's buying like a really small piece for a very small amount of money, the shipping might be fifty percent. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like that. Those are the issues that um, we
1: have to mm-hmm. deal with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no no good solution for the moment Joseph but uh, <laughs> we might be I able know, to one day maybe <laughs> Okay so Taryn and team from Art Eye Gallery we're certainly happy with so many new young artists emerging in the African art market but when there is a new superstar on the rise every two years how does how does that sustain them and the market effectively Anyone Ayo no?
2: <laughs> that's a bit of that's a bit of our fault. I think it's just structures around this. Do, just doing this COVID alone, I did some research on I found three museum exhibitions, you know, with contemporary African arts in their title. At the Institute of Contemporary Arts in London, the Camden Arts Center, and the Otis Institute. The Otis Institute actually traveled to the Studio Museum in Harlem all before 1970. Mm. This is contemporary African art. Mm. Right? We seem to go through this cycle of dropping everything every five years and pretending that we're starting again. Mm. I think what the, the question is addressing is that lack of continuity in our documentation and messaging. There, it's, not every two, it's, not, it's not just every two years we create superstars. We've created some superstars in the 60s that we just don't talk about enough in the 80s and the 90s, and some in the 90s that we don't talk about enough now. You know, and, you know, Elana Tsui was a modernist artist that became a great contemporary artist and is still with us today. So I think it's more of the messaging and just taking, paying more attention to the masters and the older artists, which is why I love what this artist does with Tadesi, for example. Yes. You know, it's, a, it's a great it example. Our,
1: of our own problem on not archiving and having enough documentation on uh, And
2: then communicating that, that mm-hmm. messaging more clearly. Mm-hmm. So, no, it's not like, it's not very, very different from me. This is why in even more international markets, you have a situation where, where we're discovering artists from the Art Covera period in 2007. They've been there forever. It's just a case of the messaging lacks for a while, and then we start talking about them again.
0: Mm.
3: Yeah. I think to add to that, um, you know, once we open the gallery <laughs> and we've been here for four years, I think one of the biggest issues that we're coming against, especially because we're trying to not just elevate kind of the, young artists from this region because ethiopia actually is a very old place i mean africa is an old place even in art history is that we don't have enough we don't have any institutions here i mean i'm talking about our region here we don't have any institutions that have written enough about um our masters we don't have anyone archiving anything from anywhere and part of the reason for this uh, need that we felt like we needed to expand more into an institutional direction is is precisely for that. We need more publishing about our modernists and and kind of the ones, the Taddeces of the world who are just behind the modernists. Mm. And of, of all of the young artists that are currently producing, why they're important, who's important, who's doing what and, and why, you know, all of these things have to be documented, as Io says, and distributed, mm. more importantly. You know, we need to have But these are all extremely expensive endeavours that are actually non-profit, you know, so they're institutional uh, projects. So I think when Masai and I started this, we had to start somewhere. We couldn't, you know, we can't do everything simultaneously. But I think now having this time to really uh, think about what an institution could look like from this part of the world, I mean, that is one of the biggest issues. We have to start documenting. And distributing information,
1: not just the arts. Like, I think that's
3: but this
1: one is of the, the reasons we, we wanted to do always a catalog, you know, with the biographies and the references, you know, of those artists and having them in a way a mini CV of the artists, you know, and what he had already accomplished with 154 catalogs instead of having, you know, just the presentation on the galleries because a lot of the collectors who were already interested said that they couldn't find any information on those artists. <laughs> was quite important for them to get um, published, you know, and a lot of the artists tell us that it's the first time they were ever published in a, in a, for them in a book, you know, so I think uh, we have a lot of work to do uh, on this uh, particular question. So we have another question from Roger Tucker the third from Tucker Contempor- Contemporary Art. How many and what percentage of contemporary African artists live and produce work in Africa versus overseas in Europe, United Kingdom or United States? Is that number increasing? If so, why?
0: I don't think there's a record anywhere.
1: Yeah,
3: I mean, we can talk about our, I mean, we have like a 50-50 balance um, in terms of like artists who who work and live in Ethiopia and who are now in the diaspora. Um, what links all of our artists together is I think like eighty percent of our artists went to the same art school here in Ethiopia, so there's that kind of you know when we talk about the art historical backing and and the the thing that we're trying to elevate kind of goes back to that. but in in general, on the whole of the continent, i mean I, I couldn't tell you
1: yeah I I, well, um, I no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
2: I think I'll, I'll hand over to Cecile with this one.
4: <laughs> no, I have no idea about the number, but what can I say? It's uh, for my part, I can see a lot of uh, African artists coming back. To the continent. Yeah. On the continent. <laughs> since beginning of the, of the opening of the gallery, I can see like, not everyone, but a lot of, gal- of, a lot of artists of the gallery were I'm working with, coming back, living and working on the continent, so they can have like another base in another country, but there is a very strong link with the continent. Yeah. And I think it's one of the very good signals for all what are you doing here on the continent. It's when artists coming back, I think it's, it's a, a very good signal. Uh, I have
0: a, and it's probably uh, a
2: question that more archiving can probably answer. Anyway, so this is another thing that we need to do. It's part of data yeah. Yeah. But there's
0: also a significant number of artists that left the continent, which is also very true. You know, for artists who left Ethiopia that ended up, you know, in the US and uh, and uh, Europe, that actually have pretty much um, um, sacrificed. You know, their 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 Uh, ambition simply because, you know, they were not able to sustain, you know, their life working in in, in Europe or in the U.S. So there's a big number actually out there that, you know, no one really knows about. You know, they went to school here, they're great artists, but unfortunately, they they ended up there. But there's no
1: example of people who left and obviously became very successful. I'm just wondering if an artist is based in Europe. (laughs) Are in the U.S. You know, are the opportunity are the same? You know, in terms of networking or create, you know, meeting the right curators and uh, and. Uh, so I'm not saying we obviously don't know the data on how many there are, but uh, uh, we know about the successful one in the U.S. You know, or in Europe or. Uh, um, but it's true that we definitely need more data on this um, and every time it comes back to data every time we don't have an answer because you know nobody knows you know the number of artists in particular country or the economies around the art uh, industry and uh, i don't know how to create more data but every time you know i go on a panel something i'm asked to provide you know data and I'm like, okay i'm not an economist that don't have that access or statistic a person to, to do that but uh, um it seems that it's quite uh, an important uh, gap. Um, uh, So we have a fourth question from Edward Tyler Naham, who also have a gallery. As we continue to transition into a more virtual platform with art offering and sales, what tools are you using to bridge the gap between the traditional history of seeing a work of art in a person and the present world of having to rely on remote experiences and eventually a transaction?
2: There's no, there's no specific tool we've created to do this. Mm -hmm. Obviously we're, we're, I'm sure I speak for not just myself, but a lot of galleries across the world. We're all taking a look at all the platform that has been offered to us. There's virtual reality, AR, everything's been presented. Every new company that has some Mm -hmm. kind of idea about this is presenting something to you as a tool. Um, I don't know. I'm using as much as I can. Most of it's trial and error. A lot of it's been dumped on the side. You know, we don't have the capacity at the moment to build anything bespokely. But, you know, thinking around us, we'll come to something. But, you know, I, I joke around that there's nothing that's going to replace the experience of someone buying something from you after the third gin and tonic. You know, mm-hmm. this is not something you can move online. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> a core part of my business. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, you know, and I might, you know, I hope things go back to some kind of normal
1: normal yeah
2: so that we can experience art together with our collective
1: yeah and we cannot underestimate that the whole art scene is also large partly social you know like Mm -hmm. you like to meet your your friends your people sharing the same passion and all that so we have a good last question and i'd like everyone to give um, any advice and tips for a new gallery setting up on the continent (laughs) depends where I guess. Uh, I think you need
3: a lot of um, conviction and passion I think that's kind of like what has sustained us right (laughs) because I think initially when we first opened our gallery I think it was for the first two years we had very few sales I would say so it it, it kind of took and, and you have to I think be prepared to teach everybody you have to be able to to be able to teach the artists of how to work with a gallery system. You have to be able to be okay with teaching collectors as to why you're there and why they need to buy from you. And it's it's been a real um, kind of multi-pronged kind of education system. Has taken um, more than, uh, Money and uh, just a want to do it. It's taken a lot more passion and uh, conviction to really get it over the line and to get it to this point. I think.
0: And don't and don't get into it if you think you're going to make a lot of money.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's,
0: <laughs> that's just the wrong reason. <laughs> there are
3: far easier ways to making a living
4: than doing what uh, than opening a gallery. That's yeah. for sure. And how, and, ba- and, and, how about you, Cecile? We're <laughs> yeah. funny about like la- Lake of, of Spaces and Lake of Exhibition and Lake of uh, Editions, so come, <laughs> please come, <laughs> come and, and make, uh, yeah, we, there is room, there is plenty of room in, in, in Africa, I don't know which part of Africa, which country, but if you're like, if you're believing in what are you doing, it's it, it, it can work, it's not easy at all, at yeah. all, but uh, but um yeah there is room and we need actually i think we need we need more people uh, who's doing this job like uh, with a, with a, a good level you know like maybe if uh, if there is like a much more gallery we will have more data we will have more like we uh, we will bring a, a bigger market and and more and more collectors so yes, please come, <laughs> and, uh, and, and you, you just have to believe in it. Hmm? Yeah. I, I concur
3: with you, Cecilia. I think that you know one of the issues that Masai and I have faced like now four years into it is that we don't have a counterpart to do kind of part of the job. So it kind of feels like it's all falling on us in this, in this region, so we feel like the city could use another five or six, seven galleries similar to us really kind of service the artists that live here um you know so I think yeah you we're barely scratching the surface but I think it's also incumbent upon us and you and Io to say actually it's it can work and maybe younger people or people will just follow in in our footsteps I mean we thought that would happen sooner but it hasn't but it will I think if we continue to push and to to really get engage um, the world and the
1: local, the local collectors here too. So patience and passion are key.
2: And uh, find yeah. great artists. Find good artists.
1: Good yes. eye, yeah. a good yeah. eye. No I'm matter afraid. which hours,
2: you are, different challenges from different parts of the continent. Yeah. But if you but find that, even in, in London, team,
1: you need to find good artists. Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> find good artists, and that artist will his star will shine globally. It doesn't matter if he never leaves the country.
1: Okay, well, on those positive notes, you know, we're going to leave each other for tonight. Uh, Mm -hmm. But thank you so much for joining. It was fun to see you guys. I don't know when it's ago, you have something to say. (laughs) No,
2: someone actually made a comment here about um, Uh an homage to Henry Vaughan.
1: Yes, actually, I wanted to start with this. And actually, uh, we lost one of our dearest friends, um, last week, last weekend, and uh, Henri Vergon started Afronova, was an immense, uh, uh, you know, one of the person, you know, that we can say had a great eye in in, uh, discovering uh, talents, you know, in South Africa. Uh, He was an amazing company at Art Fairs. I don't think there's anybody that can say something different. He was one of the most joyous and sympathetic person of, uh, of the fair, always fun, always happy to have a laugh um so it came to us as a shock we are giving him um and preparing to regroup all the the you know words or uh, notes you want to provide us uh, send this to me to my team uh, we are preparing an homage page also on our website for him and gathering all the the souvenirs so if anybody um want to share any memories you know we would be very happy to to share with our community and I have to say that all my sympathy and condolences go to Emily and to all the artists that there were really like a family around uh, around Henri. But I think I talk in the, in the name of everyone and every Garys in 154 that had the chance to work with him as an amazing uh, partner and collaborator and uh, and uh, uh, nurturing talent for a lot of the, his artists. He, he discovered some amazing artists that uh, also had uh, journeys that are unbelievable today. Uh, so you will be missed, dear friend. And uh, I think I can say that for my team, for all the people that have worked with you.